Oh, sometimes you get up and two-thirds of everything in you is hurting. Yeah. Your hands won't close. Your legs don't want to work. You know what I'm talking about, but you still got them. Are you going to press forward or are you just going to stay in the mully grubs? You know, there's so many people happy in the mully grubs. They ain't happy unless they're griping and complaining. Yeah. They ain't happy unless they got something to talk about and ailments, you know. I mean, if God miraculous healed them, they couldn't talk at all because they wouldn't have nothing to say. Because all their conversation is taken up with negative and never anything positive. Well, I'm positive I'm going to heaven, are you? I know how I'm going. I'm going by the blood. That's how I'm going to make it through, amen. Whether I've got a leg or not is irrelevant, amen. If you think about it, how many of us could complain this morning? But how many of us have complained? That was old me. That wasn't an amen. Yeah, that was old me. Yeah, we probably complained. You know, there's too much traffic on the road. Yeah, maybe your air conditioner didn't kick in quick enough. Or your heated seat didn't warm up fast enough. Or your heated steering wheel... Or your remote control mirror. <laughs> Lord God help us. We have to go to church and sit on them padded pews. Sit in the air conditioning. And the lights work and the water works. We got a bathroom. And we have to go to church. We have to go and sit and listen to them sing. That long-winded, loud-mouthed preacher preach. Well, I'll tell you, if you're unsaved, it don't matter how short the sermon is. <laughs> it's going to be long to you. Amen. But when you get saved, it makes a difference. Because you begin to want to hear the sermon. You begin to want to hear them testify and sing. You want to hear them have joy unspeakable, ring a bell, run the aisles, just give God glory somehow. You want to see those things and hear those things and you want to partake of them when you're saved. When you're cold and indifferent or backslidden on God, you can't wait till the end of the service because you came in looking for the end. Amen. And you was hoping it'd come soon. Brother Ken Frady preached right here in this church one night in a revival. And he preached for an hour and 20 minutes. And God is my witness. I thought, why did he quit so soon? I thought he hadn't preached 15 minutes. And it'd been an hour and 20 minutes. And he didn't quit preaching. He said, I'm just going to unhook right here and I'll pick her up again tomorrow night. Amen. But I've often noticed people at church <laughs> when the amen is said, man, they nearly knock the hinges off the doors. 
They're almost spinning going through the parking lot. I'm getting there. Stay with me. You ain't going to like me, but I'm going there anyhow. You run down the road. You fuss at everybody that's in your way. You got to get to that steakhouse so you can stand in line for an hour and a half. Woo! If the preacher had preached an hour and a half, you'd have shot him. Amen, preacher. We'll go down to Longhorn Steakhouse and stand in line for an hour and a half. There ain't a seat nowhere. It's a hundred degrees. We ain't got a padded pew. (laughs) Whoa, I'm fixing to preach now. We'll go in. Stay with me. I ain't through this meal yet. We'll go in and order what we want. We'll eat more than what we need. (laughs) Pay more than what we should. And leave more tip on the table than you gave God tithes. (laughs) Yeah, man, now you're preaching. Yeah. Oh, she deserved that tip. Well, she did. Well, let's just quit giving tithes and give God a tip. How about it? Oh, by the way, did you know a tip is above and beyond the cost of the meal? (laughs) So what are you saying, preacher? Well, 10% is what we owed for the meal. Yeah, man. (laughs) Now give tithes on top of that or a tip, however you want to put it. Amen. Ain't got a thing to do with the message I got laying here before me. None of this has anything to do with that. But isn't it true that we're so quick to gripe? We're so quick to complain. But we're sure slow when it comes to praise. If your children do something bad, whoop their britches. But if they do something good, brag on them. Amen. You need to brag on these babies. That'll help encourage them. They see both sides of the fence. Amen. How many's ever had a bad waitress? Everybody that's ever eat out's had a bad waitress sooner or later, right? You left her a tip anyhow, didn't you? So if it's a bad message this morning, I expect a tip anyhow. Amen, preacher. (laughs) And listen, I know what the bill costs, so I know what 10%, 15%, and 20% is. I can't spell rat or cat, but I can count. Amen. I can do the percentages right quick. Right? What did you say that for, preacher? We all owe more than what we pay. Every single person in here owes more to God than what you've ever, ever paid him. And you couldn't give him enough this morning to make up for it, but you could give him yourself. Amen. I mean, (laughs) the girls up here (laughs) at Countryside, I love them. They're great waitresses. And I left eight cents on the table one night. And I could see her looking at that eight cents. That's all I left. 
And she was looking at that eight cents, and I walked over to her, and I said, you're wondering why I just left you eight cents, ain't you? She said, yes, sir, I sure am. I said, because you wasn't worth a dime. And then I busted out laughing, she busted out laughing. She said, I've never heard that one. So if I was giving you a tip this morning, would it be eight cents? Or would it be what you worth? <laughs> it might not make it to eight cents if I pay you what it's worth. <laughs> well, let's go another direction. Maybe I were to pay you for what you think you're worth. I'd have to take out a loan, wouldn't I? Because we all think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. <laughs> Lord, where are you going with all this? Well, I've called hold of the train. You'll just have to ride it with me. I had a message laid out here about the days of Noah. <laughs> you think about what I've already said. People are so in a hurry to get to the house of God and get out and go to the world. Rather than coming into the house of God and say, God, I've come to see a movement of God. I've come to be a piece of that puzzle that God would be able to work and have his way and God I'm willing to stay here until you release us not when I want to go but when when you're through with us Lord did you come with that idea you think about old Noah building that ark and he's life to scorn you think they ain't life in the church to scorn right now Oh, them holy rollers thought they was holy and look how they're running with their tail tucked between their legs right now. Yeah. Oh, it got quiet then, didn't it? Are you afraid to come to church? God didn't give you that spirit of fear. No, no. He didn't give you that spirit. So if God didn't give it to you, you don't need it. Amen. Listen, you ain't going to die till God is ready for you to die. I'm living proof of that. World give up on me more times than Carter's got pills. Amen. Said he ain't going to make it. Well, guess what? I'm still here. But when God is through with you, there ain't nothing in this world can keep you here. There ain't enough doctors, there ain't enough medicine. You say, preacher, how did you get from eating at the steakhouse to this? Well, we thought more of the steakhouse than we did God's house. Amen. We think more of man's medicine than we do God's healing. Amen. Amen. Now listen, I ain't against doctors. I take five pills every morning. Yeah. So I believe God had doctors for a reason. But the older I get, the more I realize, you know that doctor's just a man. And they're like a mechanic. They, some of them good, and they, some of them I wouldn't <laughs> trust to change my oil. He might have a degree on the wall, and since I said that, let me give you a little illustration. A friend of mine lives in Asheville. He's a plumber. 
This doctor over there's got a humongous house. I believe Tink said it was about 7,000 square feet. But he's so tight he won't heat it. He'll just heat the room he's in. And Tink had to go over there half a dozen times and, and fix his water where it froze in the house. Tink said, I got tired of him calling me in the middle of the night. He said he didn't care what time it was. He wanted his water fixed right then. Tink said, I was going down the hallway of this great big mansion and said, here is a line where he had been to colleges. And he said, I just stopped and started reading them. Said, you got all of these? Yes, sir. And he began to tell Tink where he got it and how long it took. Tink said the whole hallway was filled with them things. He said, I read every one of them, got down to the very end, said, boy, you got a lot of education. Said the doctor puffed his chest out and said, yeah, it took me a long time to get all that. Tink said, well, in all of that studying, in all of them colleges, did they never tell you that water freezes at 32 degrees? Tink said, you know he ain't never called me since. <laughs> you can have certificates. That's right. That don't give you an education. Amen. You can go to school. You can listen to Dr. Spooky Spock. You can read every book in the world. And if you don't read the Bible, you're dumber than a rock. Amen. Because here is true wisdom. If you have noticed lately that the world is on a big kick about all oh, ancient aliens. Well, some of you act like ancient aliens. And some of you believe you did descend from a monkey. My great-grandpa wasn't a monkey. He wasn't a baboon. He wasn't an ape. Amen. My forefathers came from the dust of the earth and God breathed the breath of life in them. Amen. That's who my forefather was. You can have a monkey for an uncle if you want to. I don't care. You can put a suit on him and take him to church. Don't make him a Christian monkey. Amen. And some of you act like monkeys when you come to church because all you want to do is jump around, run around, hang around. Yeah. Whoo, boy, it's hard preaching this morning. Y'all ain't liking this. I can tell you ain't liking it. Hey, they didn't like it in the day of Noah when Noah kept hollering, hey, it's going to rain. It's going to rain. Listen, we ain't never seen it rain fire and brimstone no more than they had seen rain hit the earth. And they didn't believe it. Ha, 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 listen to that stupid churchman here. He building a boat in the desert. Three stories high. Now think about the boats back in those days. That was an oddity. Three-story high boat, that was an oddity. It was odd that somebody's going to holler for 120 years, it's going to rain. Never had been a drop of rain. Ground was watered with the dew. Now think about this. We as a church have been hollering and preaching and and believing and reading in our Bible that these things must come to pass. 
So we're in the days of Noah. If I never get into this message, we're in those days. We're in the days when they're seeking pleasure for themselves more than they're seeking of God. They're, they're coming to church buildings, but they're not having church. They're having a form and a fashion, but they're denying the power. No, I ain't preaching stand on your head and gargle BBs. But my God, you ought to have enough prayer in you to touch the hem of the garment. Where is your faith? Well, I believe if we get out here at 12 o'clock, I can be eating at Steakhouse by 1.30. That's where most of our beliefs is, isn't it? Most of our belief is in what we want and what we need and what we think we got to have. Oh, if I only had this, I'd do better. Anybody ever made that statement? If I only had this life, it'd be a little easier. Yeah, I know it. We got automobiles, automatic washing machines, dishwashers, refrigerators, microwaves, and all these conveniences, and we've never given one more minute to God. We've never, ever said, well, that microwave will do it in 10 minutes. We can stay at church 20 minutes longer. No, 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 friends, you ain't never said that. You ain't never said, I can stick them in the dishwasher and go on to church. I can throw the clothes and mash a button and they'll wash while I'm at church. No, we haven't said those things. We've used those things for an excuse. And you think about it today as we gather here in the house of God and we want to worship God. Some of us, some of us is wanting to leave already. I see it on your face. Some of you ain't liking what I've already said. I'm sorry for you. You need to hear the truth. And the truth comes from this book. This book alone has the truth. The Word was made flesh and dwelled among us. And now we behold His glory. This is the living Word of God. But we treat it just like another book. Where lies your faith this morning? Where lies your hope? Can I tell everybody here something that may be a surprise to you? Every person in this building is going to die. We ought to be living like we're dying. Dying to this world and going to a land of the living. Or we're dying in this world and go to an eternal death. Hey, they didn't believe Noah. No, no, they didn't believe Noah. I wish I could go through the Bible right quick and tell you all of them that didn't believe. Jonah, he was a reluctant preacher. And he was sent to a people he didn't like. Had to go to Nineveh. What did he do? He went and got in a ship going to Joppa. And the wind come up. He's down in the ship asleep. 
They come down there and wake him up and say, hey, pray to your God. We prayed to her and we can't get an answer. Pray to your God that we might know. And then they go up on top and they're casting lots, rolling dice, and it fell on him. And they said, why have you done this to us? Well, if you will throw me overboard. You know he didn't even have enough gumption to jump overboard himself. Are you one that has to be pushed and forced? You know you need to come to church. You know you need to hear the preaching and the singing and the praises in God's house. You need to see the power of the Holy Ghost. Why don't you just jump in there yourself? Instead of making somebody force you. Boy, it's quiet in here this morning. I must be plowing out stumps this morning. I ain't even heard a good holy grunt much yet. But isn't it the truth? He goes down there, preaches a real short sermon. Nine words. The whole town sat down. Ashes and sackcloth and went to praying. He goes down there because he's mad because they're repenting. I want to say this to a lot of preachers out there that may hear this. If you're not preaching to all, you ought to shut your mouth. If your heart ain't in you preaching, you ought to shut your mouth and go to the house. Get you a job instead of just drawing a paycheck. Are you with me? Say amen. We got too many out there that's just in it for a paycheck. Amen. They're not preaching to all. They want to exclude this crowd and exclude that crowd. Listen, if you ain't preaching to all and loving all and caring for all, you're not of God. And the love of God is not in you. For he died for all. But we want to separate it, don't we? Do you know there ain't but one doctrine in the Bible? One doctrine. That's Jesus Christ. Him crucified. Arose again sitting on the right hand of the Father making intercession. That's the doctrine of the Bible. If your doctrine don't line up with that, you got the wrong idea. He goes and sits down because God is beginning to hear their prayers and he's mad at God. First of all, that he was sent to that place. Second of all, that he had a, a three-day journey in the belly of a whale or a manor with a big mouth, however you want to put it. Anyway, he was in there. He didn't like that. He was spit out on shore. He had to make up ground. He goes and preaches. Now he's mad. He's sitting down. How many of us have sat down on God? During this COVID thing. Just sit down. Hold on. I ain't finished with this story. He sat down under a gourd vine. I had him some shade, if you will. Hey, hey, hold on. He was taking up God's space, God's time under God's growth and wanted the blessings of God without being godly. God said, hey, <laughs> you ain't going to do it and you don't want to do it and you ain't loving it. Let me just take your shade away. Do you want God to take your blessings? 
I'll just be honest with you. The last week, I looked for shade. Amen. Amen. Wasn't it nice to have a little breeze under a big shade tree somewhere? So you know what he was facing when he was sitting there. And then God killed it. And there he's sitting out in the hot sun again. You know what God was saying? Let me just give you a little taste of hell here, friend, if you want to go there. Let me just give you a little inkling of what hell. Do you know the hottest day we ever had here on earth is air conditioning for hell? Are you listening? So they repent. God hears their cry. Spares the city. The man of God still don't like it. The boat builder gets on boat. Are you with me? Seven clean, two unclean get on. Provisions was made for the journey ahead. It rained 40 days and 40 nights, but how many can tell us right here how long it was before they set out on dry ground? 150 days. Now, how'd you like to be afloat that long? How many's ever been out to sea where you can't see land? I, I, when you go out the first time, that's a strange feeling, ain't it? I mean, anywhere you look, there's water, and the first thing you think in your mind is, or at least for me, I can't swim that far. I can't swim that far. Are you with me? Imagine being out there 150 days and 40 of it in a storm. How many have ever been on the ocean in a storm? Ain't no fun. Uh-uh. Ain't no fun. I mean, when the captain has to give it everything it's got to climb the wave and then shut the motor off so he can go over the other side. Oh, yeah, I've been out there like that. Yeah, 20-foot swells on a 70-foot boat. You figure it out. Two 500-horsepower V12 engines to get it to climb that wave. Then he'd have to shut her down. And it'd go over there. And the wave had come over the boat. Imagine that now. But that was an unsinkable ship. Because God had given instructions to a godly person to build a godly vessel that would withstand the storm. Jesus Christ built this vessel that we're floating in today, folks. And if it's not three stories, we've missed the mark. Father, Son, the Holy Ghost. Provisions here today for those that are seeking God and needing God. Holy Spirit's here today to say unto you, where would you rather be right now? Let me look at my watch. Oh, Lord, it's 1217. Preacher, I'm going to have to start charging overtime, ain't I? I mean, if your brain quits at 12 o'clock and I have preached 1230, I ought to get 30 minutes overtime. Right? Because I'm preaching to a brainless crowd. At her 12 o'clock. <laughs> Can I say this in love? Nobody take it for hurt feelings. Some of you ought to sue your brain for non-support.
Because at 12 o'clock, it seems like our brains shut down. And we get eaten on our mind. Well, I can look around this crowd, and I don't see but one or two that couldn't afford to miss a meal. Laura is about the only one in here, really, and Daniel. They need their meals. I can tell that. But the rest of this crowd looks like you could miss a meal or two. Wouldn't hurt you one bit, don't think. I really don't think so. Might hurt your feelings, right? Listen, I laid in the hospital 19 days in 1969, never eat a bite. The doctor come in there and I said, Doc, I am starved to death. He said, Son, you're getting everything you need through that little bottle. I said, but it don't help the lips and the gums, none. And he told the nurse, said, you go get him a strip of bacon and a scrambled egg. I was 14 year old. When he come back in the room, I had that plate of spinning it. You know what I was doing the rest of the way, right? He said, son, are you that hungry? I said, I told you I ain't eating 19 days. In 14 years, I've got accustomed to eating. He said, get him some more food. He come back in, I'd clean that plate. He told the nurse, I'd give him whatever he wants. I said, really? I got on the phone. I said, mama, you coming up? Yeah, I'm coming. Bring me a whole quart of green beans, mama. She brought me the green beans. I'm sitting in the middle of the bed with my spoon. And while I'm shoveling that quart of green beans in, I said, Mama, go down here at Burger King, get me a Whopper and a pineapple milkshake. By the time she got back, I was licking the bowl where the green beans had been. What are you saying all this for? You get hungry, you'll eat. You got to get hungry. Are you hungry here this morning for the things of God or are you mine down at the steakhouse or Chinese or Mexican? Where is our heart and our mind this morning? We're fixing to have a baptize. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. I'm getting to baptize people I love. Amen. So the world can see who we really belong to. Oh, by the way, that's another monkey in your wrenching. You know why? Because we're going straight from here to baptizing. You mean we're not going to eat first, preacher? I'm afraid if you'll eat, I can't get you back up. You'll sink like a rock. So while you got a little empty space in there and you'll float back up, I'm going to baptize you. Amen. Less poundage to lay down and drag back up. I love baptizing. I do. I really love baptizing. Because when you finally say yes to the Holy Ghost, you should go to the water and say to the world, I belong to Jesus. Now let me see if I can finalize this. Everybody got on that boat that wanted on that boat before the door was closed. After the door was closed, many wanted to get on the boat. 
But you can't get on the boat unless the door's open. They couldn't tread water long enough to get three stories where they could climb over. So what was their hope then? For 120 years they heard the message. Go back to Genesis. There's something significant in that. Days of man shall be 120 years. So God gave them a whole generation to get ready. Are you ready this morning? Are you truly ready? If God comes today, are you really ready? Are you saved, born again, bought by the blood? Or maybe you are and you're backslidden, cold, indifferent on God. Maybe you hadn't thought of God lately or cared enough to come to God's house or, or anything of God. God's opened doors for you to testify and you wouldn't. God's opened doors for you to tell somebody how you got saved and you never even took the time to do that. You know why? You had more of the world on your mind. You think that don't happen to preachers? You're mistaken. Because sometimes we get so busy trying to live, we forget what living really is. Do you know what this life is? This life is preparation for eternal life. How you live and how you die here determines where you will spend eternity. And if you haven't chose God, listen, I'm going to get deep right here just for a second. Everybody and his brother said, oh, I choose God. No, you don't. Don't lie yourself. Because if you knew the fire would burn you, you'd never put your hand in it. But we live like we're never, ever going to hell. But we live in like hell. This is because the world says it's okay. Doesn't mean God said it was okay. It's legal in North Carolina at 21 years of age to buy liquor, but God don't want you drinking it. A lot of places now it's legal to buy marijuana and smoke all you want. God don't want you doing that. No. See, what you're doing, you're putting another spirit in your body. The spirit of alcohol. The old timers, that's what they used to call it. Let's go get a bottle of spirits. Most of us heard that. You think, you think marijuana don't change your spirit? You're wrong, friend. You think hard drugs don't change your spirit? Why, well, you can see them a mile away now, can't you? You can tell them who's on drugs. I mean, their actions give them away. Their attitude. I mean, not even counting picking little fleas. Right? You think that people don't know if you're a true Christian or not? Because you've been in situations where you had to prove it. The question is, did we prove it? Did we really stand up for the cross? Are we living examples? 
of Christ Jesus. Let us stand. Chris, come get us a play song.